0: <laughs> so, before we begin our Torah study, let's pray. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kidshanu la'asok Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, king of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. So, last week we talked about who we are as Messianic believers in the Jewish world. And I know it was, uh, at some moments it was harsh, but it looks like we're ready to listen to um, easy things, at the same time uh, difficult things. It's important. So I addressed the two most essential points that makes us Messianic believers and set us apart from the rest of the Jewish religious world believe in Yeshua the Messiah and trust into the scriptures also i want to remind you that it is my perspective and i'm sure there's more than one perspective on messianic Judaism i shared my perspective of it so our topic today prophecies about the messianic movement again about the messianic movement not about the messiah but about the messianic movement but as you know there goes together always. So often I'm asked, what is essential about the messianic movement? Also, sometimes people ask me, is it scriptural? Where could you find it in the scriptures? Sometimes people ask me, what is our legacy as messianic believer, believers? Are we illegal? <laughs> no. Not. In order to address these questions, I want to look at the prophecies um, regarding the spiritual restoration of Israel and the place of Messianic Judaism in the end times. And no pressure. I'm always like to take these you know, very easy subjects. And so next, it will, it will take us probably three weeks to go through it's impossible to do in one week and 30 minutes. But um, today I want to talk about two places from the scriptures. But before we start, I want to share a testimony of my journey to the Messianic movement. A very brief version of it. Very brief. I will put years of my life in two minutes. So, I already shared that I grew up in a communist country where religion was persecuted by law. Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union at that time. Therefore, my city of Mykolaiv had no synagogues and only a few Christian churches at the time. I remember several Russian Orthodox churches. Uh, there was also several Protestant churches of different denominations. And that's it, nothing else. We had no synagogue. Uh, only a few churches. Um, at the time, our city was about five to six hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. And only three or four churches. And No synagogue for all these people. Can you imagine? I mean, in Jacksonville it's a lot. Almost every corner some kind of uh, believing place, which is a great thing. So, you can imagine how few people knew about the Lord at that time. It was it was very hard to find something about the Lord. Therefore, when I came to faith in Yeshua, I did not know where to go. No place where to go. All the knowledge I could get about God was only from the Bible. It was only the source of knowledge about the Lord at the time. Now we have uh, beautiful things called Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> source of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> then a few years later I became part of one of the Baptist churches led by a Jewish pastor, a believer in Yeshua. So he was a believer in Yeshua. But he, it was difficult for him to combine faith in Jesus with his Jewishness at the time. He separated it for himself. It was two different worlds for him. It took him 10 or 15 years to be able to combine his faith in Jesus and his Jewishness. To reconcile. And it was part of this reconciliation. And sometimes not not easy part. So, um, because of all of it, all I could learn was the Christian doctrine in the church. It was the Baptist church, even though pastor was the Jew, but it was only Christian doctrines. At the time, I did not know anything about Messianic Judaism. Um, that such thing as Jewish Messianic congregation existed, I didn't know about that too. And I did not know such a word Messianic in Russian language. At the time, Messianic was something, you know, out of this world, like Martian. As you remember, back in the times, in the 90s, uh, there was no internet, everything was in books. You remember old school, you go to library, you sit for an hour, find something, wow, joyful, now you just click one button and you're a professor, you know, everything. Which is a good thing too. I I love knowledge actually. So, and there were no books in my language on this topic yet. I didn't know about it at the time. So, probably in 94, 95, I graduated from a college in my city and was just about to enroll in a college in another city, Odessa. It's a beautiful city on the Black Sea. So, here's the story funny story. One evening I walked along my street to the service and saw a large poster on the other side of the road with an invitation to some kind of festival. I was going, I was uh, as usually late to the service, so I was going fast. And I saw a poster and I just, you know, it kept my attention for a second, I just reached and went uh, farther. Uh, since this pastor was far away, I couldn't read everything written there, but I read the words which sounded like this, so in huge letters. We invite you to the festival of Jewish Martian music and culture. Martian. Mars. Yeah, Mars, Martian. Okay, it's quiet here. Good. I, I got your attention. So I was in a hurry then, and at first I didn't pay attention to what I read. You know, you just in a hurry, look at the poster, Jewish Martian culture, and just... And then just, wait a minute. Does it happen to you that you see something in an advertisement and later say to yourself, what was that? What did I see a few minutes ago? So the same with me. I had already walked a decent distance when suddenly, thoughts seemed to catch up with me, as if something had, uh, had hit me on the head. What does the festival of Jewish Martian culture mean? Have the Jews already reached Mars? And I did not know about that. So, <laughs> true, it, it went through my mind, I remember that. So all evening on the service, I could not come down. And when I walked home after the service, I deliberately went along the other side of the street to read more carefully about what kind of Jewish Martian culture there was. So when I approached and read again, I saw that this was not the festival of Jewish Martian music and culture, but the festival of Jewish Messianic music and culture. Ah, I got you. In Russian, Martian and Messianic are spelled similarly and are pronounced almost the same. Messiansky, it's Messianic, Marsiansky, Martian. So when I saw this poster, I didn't know the word Messianic and my brain did this game with me. Martian, Marsiansky. But, you know, it didn't help me, because I didn't know this word, messianic. I was like, wow, what what is this? Is it another Martian or something? Before that, I had never heard such a word, so I decided to find out what kind of Jewish messianic festival it was. And what is even more interesting, this event was supposed to take place in Odessa, where I went to study at college. Clearly from the Lord. He knew about everything. Somebody put this poster on my way to catch my attention through this word Martian. (laughs) Jewish Martian. So, and I went to the festival because I was studying there already at that moment. Thus began my long-term journey through Messianic Judaism. This small, I mean, huge poster on the wall. So after the festival in Odessa, the Jewish Messianic Synagogue, Gates of Zion, was opened there, organized there. And since the very first day, I have become an active part of this congregation in Odessa many years ago. That was the beginning of my extraordinary and incredible journey, the exciting learning of the Torah, the Jewish prophets, biblical holidays the Jewish essence of the Christian faith and Yeshua. Because in the Jewish mind, Jesus is Jesus, Jewish are Jewish. It's a different thing. It was as, everything is, it was as if everything fell into the right place for me. And everything I read in the book of the New Testament seemed to take on, on meaning and became evident for me. New Testament became alive for me. I, I want to share my feelings, so don't be offended if you are uh, believing in Jesus, if you're Christian, don't be offended. It was my feelings. I felt like during all the years of my faith in Jesus in the Christian church, someone hid something important and essential for me. It's how I felt. It was my feeling back then. And now, when I uh, found out about Messianic uh, congregation and Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, my faith, my spiritual life, and relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have acquired depth and were filled with new colors, everything new. It was as if I was sitting in a windowless room with a small candle, and although I saw the light in this candle... I did not realize how many bright colors there were around me, because I had so much, so few knowledge about who Yeshua was and his past. I was taught to believe in Jesus and his words, but I didn't hear where he came from, or why he says something this way and not otherwise. And I didn't see connection between parts of the Bible called the Old and the New Testament. It was more a collection of ancient stories. Because when it usually in many places of worship it is kind of old stories about good guys who lived a long time ago and it's old. It's old. It's only about Sunday school for children, usually. It was at least in the place where I was in the church uh, and understand me correctly please, it was a beautiful church with wonderful people there. It wasn't a bad church. It was a good pastor. In the church we celebrated holidays I didn't see in the Bible. And when I asked why we observed and did something, no one could answer me because they didn't know to. Even Pastor he, he was not aware why we celebrate this way or that way. He was not able to answer me because of lack of knowledge. And now I can celebrate the Jewish biblical holidays. God giving holidays to my people and all the peoples from different nations. I found out it is valuable, it's important. It is there, it's scriptural. You don't need to make it up. It's there. I remember a life-changing spiritual experience after one of the Shabbats. Uh, where we read prophecies about the Jewish people. And here's a very interesting story. It's a true story from my own life. I was going somewhere on public transportation, the bus, and I spontaneously heard the voice of the Lord in my heart. Mm-hmm. And you know how it is. The Lord can capture you in any place you didn't expect. I mean, you can eat something and the Lord can talk to you. Yeah. You can do your business and the Lord can just break through and talk to you. That was one of the stories. I was in the bus going from the Shabbat service thinking about something and the Lord really speaked into my heart. He told me that I had been given the most incredible honor of becoming a part of the great salvation of the Jewish people promised by the prophets of old. I heard this voice. I remember in the smallest details how a wave of extraordinary joy and presence of God overwhelmed me. And I felt as if millennial blessings had poured into my life. I realized that I am a part of something so ancient and essential that I can't fully comprehend it. I don't know what the people on the bus thought about me at the time. But they could not hold back tears of joy and words of gratitude to my Lord. Right in the past, I started praying, crying. People were looking at me, okay, do you need help? Where can I call? And praise the Lord, at the time we had no uh, mobile phones, so nobody can call to the doctor, you know, help him. So, and you know what? Today, Already many I uh, already said this many times. And I want to repeat it again. The apostles and prophets dreamed of living in the times in which we live. The times of the fulfillment of the prophecies. They dreamed to live in these times. It is hard, difficult times. But at the same time, it is a blessed times. Yeshua is coming back for us. And today, with all responsibility, with all my responsibility, I put my words in this. My heart. I want to tell you that it is a great honor for each of us. Not only for me. It, it is worth for all of you. It is a great honor for each of us to be part of the end time revival. The salvation of the Jewish people, which was promised by the prophets of old and the apostles of the New Testament. That word was not only for me. But for you. We are blessed. To be part of this beautiful. Beautiful revival. And an even more tremendous honor. And responsibility. Are to take part in the fulfillment. Of prophecy. And to be the instruments. Of God's plan of salvation. Think about it. You are the instrument. In his hands. You're doing the sound. You're doing the video. You're dancing before the Lord. You're worshiping. You're praying. You're doing an ex. Every, every one of you. Your presence. It's so important. Because you build the walls around Jerusalem. Like in the days of Nehemiah. The walls of faith. Just think about it. Your name written in these prophecies. Because the Lord chose you before you were born, to live in these wonderful times. Difficult times, but beautiful times. Prophetic times. And who said that prophetic times are easy times? Mm. It wasn't easy when Yeshua came. It was a very difficult time. It wasn't easy during the time of Jeremiah, Ezekiel. It was always difficult times. But it was a prophetic time. Today is the same. Romans chapter 11 In the hope that somehow I may provoke some of my own people to jealousy and save some of them and verse 15 the heart of the book of Romans For if their casting Yeshua aside means reconciliation of the world of all the nations of the world coming to Yeshua What Will their acceptance, Him, Yeshua, Me, And the end of this verse, it will be the life for all the dead. Amen. <laughs> so, their acceptance of Yeshua, when the when Jewish people uh, comes to Yeshua, meant the beginning of the great resurrection described in the Bible. Life from the dead. And it is our part to bring our Jewish people the good news of salvation. So today I will begin a series of sermons on the prophecies of the Bible. And I want to start with one of my favorite prophetic messianic scriptures. Amos chapter 9. Verse 11 through verse 13. 9, 11, 13. When When the day comes... Again, when the day comes. It is a prophetic about future thing. I will raise up the fallen sukkah in Septuagint tabernacle of David. Tabernacle of David. I will close up its gaps, raise up its ruins, and rebuild it as it used to be. Verse 12. So that Israel, very important statement here, So that Israel can possess what is left of Eden and of all the nations bearing my name. Says Adonai, who is doing this? The Lord is doing this, not people. I have heard various sermons uh, relating to the scripture. Some uh, believers uh, or Christian scholars believe that the tabernacle of David is the restoration of worship in the church. In contrast, others believe it is the restoration of the prophetic ministry or spiritual gifts in the church. Of course, this is true to some extent because in the tabernacle of David there was the worship of God, prophecies were made, and the Holy Spirit filled the tabernacle, so it is part of uh, restoration. But I think this scripture from Amos speaks of a more profound revelation. Much more. Much bigger. And you know this uh, small uh, rule or small idea. The Bible itself explains itself. And any passages that seem beyond understanding can be understood based on context and on scripture given elsewhere in the Bible. If you don't understand something, look around in the scriptures. You will find the answer. So, we can find a place relating to this beautiful prophecy in the book of Acts chapter 15. So, let us uh, uh, open uh, Acts chapter 15 and we will find uh, the explanation of books of Amos. So, here we read about the first council of Messianic Jews in Jerusalem. Uh, they decided on the most important questions. Can Gentiles become followers of Messiah without becoming Jew, Jews? It was the question. Very important question. In other words, can a non-Jewish believe, no Jew believe in Yeshua or should he become a Jew first? That was the question of the first time when we gathered together in the book of uh, Acts chapter 15. So, let us read together. I will read for you. Now some men coming down from Judea were teaching the brothers. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. I will talk to you later. Verse. It's uh, uh, verse one. I'm sorry. fifteen one. Verse two. When Paul and Barnabas had a big argument and debate with them. The brothers appointed Paul and Barnabas with some others from among them to go up to Jerusalem to the emissaries and elders about this issue. So, it was a huge issue in the first congregation. It was a huge debate. Should you become a Jew first or can you come to faith in Yeshua without becoming a Jew? And of course, to the joy of all nations of the world, the first apostle decided that every person from any nation is pleasing to God. And there was no need to change their identity in order to make Tshuva. Repent and believe in Yeshua. And praise the Lord for this decision. We have millions of believers around the world who believe in Yeshua because of the decision. So let us read from verse 6. The emissaries and elders were gathered together to examine this issue after much debate. Let's say much debate. Again, you know this. Two Jews, three opinions. And there was like hundreds of Jews together. It was much debate. Every one of them plus multiplied the three. After much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, Probably he was tired. He said, no, "Enough, <laughs> Brothers, you know that in the early days God chose from among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the message of the good news and believe. So he, he said, that. guys, quiet. The Lord chose me to bring this good news to Gentiles. Let me say something. Verse 8. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them by giving them the Ruach Hakodesh, the Holy Spirit, Amen. just as He also did for us. Amen. And if you remember that story, Peter shared the good news about Yeshua, and here the Holy Spirit came upon Gentiles, and they began speaking another tongues and prophesying. And He was angry at the and the waste. angry because Lord, what, what are you doing here? Did you ask me before doing it? I know how to do it better, right? He was amazed because without them becoming the Jewish people, they received the Holy Spirit from the Lord. The Lord accepted them before Peter accepted them. Before Peter gave his approval, the Lord approved them. Wow, such a great thing. Think about it. So, and God who knows the heart testified to them by giving them the Ruach Apodesh, just He also did for us. He made no distinction between us and them. So, Jewish people and not Jewish people. purify their hearts through faith. Such freedom in the Messiah. The Lord destroyed the wall which prevented Gentiles from following Yeshua the Messiah by purifying their hearts through faith and conforming it with the Holy Spirit. Freedom in Yeshua the Messiah. Freedom of your identity. Through faith in the Messiah you are saved. And it makes no difference whether you are Jews or Jewish or not. It is only through faith in Messiah Yeshua you can be saved. So, uh, I can feel that, yeah, I'm happy you agree with me. It's good, it's good, it's good. good. I had some angry discussions about these topics, and I, I know some people were angry with me because no, you need to do this way or you need to do that way. I heard it from both ways. Some uh, non-Jewish believers said to me, you cannot become or still be Jewish and believe in Jesus. You need to become Christian first. I said, what to do? It's possible. (laughs) I heard from uh, other side people said, everybody should become a Jew first and then only then. What to do with it's also possible, so, you know this story about uh, Rabbi, and two guys came to him, and he was standing with his wife, and uh, one guy said, Rabbi, he's wrong, he did this to me and that to me, and he's wrong there and there. Rabbi said, yes, I agree with you. And another guy said, Max, you I mean Rabbi, he's wrong, he did this and that and that. Rabbi said, yeah, you're right. And his wife finally said, what are you saying? He's talking about he's right and that's right. Robert her, "Said you're right." Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's a little bit humor, but yeah. it is possible to believe in Yeshua and be you mm-hmm. and believe in Yeshua and not to be Jew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm ready. I'm, I'm happy that you agree with me. Praise the Lord. So, Jacob cited the prophecy from Amos as confirmation that Messiah has already come. And the Messianic movement is the fulfillment of the prophecies. Acts chapter 15, verse 13. So, as a a confirmation of this truth, Jacob, is repeating the prophecy from Amos, verse 13. After they finished speaking, again, Palagand, cousins people, this way, this way, but this way, but that way. Finally, after they finished speaking, I don't know how long it took for them, months probably, I don't Jacob answered, Brothers, listen to me. Simon had described how God first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for his name. The words of the prophets agree. The words of the prophets agree. As it is written, after that, I will return and rebuild the fallen tabernacle of David, Amos 9. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord. Namely, all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says Adonai. Who makes these things known from old? One more time. In Amos it is written, so that Israel can possess what is left from Edom and all of the nations bearing my name. Israel can possess. Interesting. Israel can possess. But Jacob, Apostle James, gives his interpretation of this prophecy, so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord, namely all the Gentiles who are called by my name. When I'm thinking about this prophecy, what kind of Israel, about whom uh, Amos uh, prophesied? About the nation of Israel, or about first Israel, Abraham who became the first Israelite? Faith in the Lord of Isaac Abraham, Isaac and Jacob came to all the Gentiles. And you know the words say that people from all the nations become spiritual children of Abraham by faith. Very distinct. According to Jacob, Jewish messianic congregations and synagogues, simply Jews who believe in Jesus are a sign and prophetic information for all peoples that will live in the end times, according to the prophecy. So, Jacob directly links revival in the Jerusalem, the times, the immersion into the Holy Spirit, which has happened on the day of Pentecost, Shavuot, and the salvation of Gentiles with the repentance of the Jewish people, as the restoration of the fallen tabernacle of David. He links together these two things. Verse 16. After this I will return and rebuild the fallen tabernacle of David. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of humanity may seek the Lord. So, when the Holy Spirit fell on the Messianic Jews at the great feast of Shavuot Pentecost, This was the restoration of the tabernacle of David, the presence of the Lord amid Israel, and the beginning of the greatest revival in the world history. Yes, Many Christians are praying for revival, but few people understand the mystery revealed to us by the prophet Amos and confirmed by Jacob. Not many people know that. How such a small messianic movement influence the whole world, and play a significant role in the revival of all the peoples of the earth. It is hard for us to comprehend, but it is here in the Bible. We have nothing to take pride in for ourselves, but we must understand the honor and responsibility of our calling as Jewish-Messianic congregation. As essential calling of the Jewish-Messianic congregations is the restoration of the fallen tabernacle of David. It's our calling. Today the presence of God, His Spirit, fills the hearts of Jews with faith and remarkably there is also a corresponding spiritual awakening throughout the nations of the earth. And next Shabbat we will talk talk about the prophecies and uh, revivals in the history, world history. You will find it fascinating. Everything what happened in Israel response what happened in the, in the church by the Messiah. It goes together. All this goes together. I want to read the words of Yeshua, Messiah. It's a beautiful place and I don't have much time but I want to read this. I want to uh, end service with these words. Matthew 23, verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stone, stones those sent to her? How often I longed to gather your children together, as a hand gathers her cheeks under her wings. But you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will never see me again until you say, Baruch haba Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. In other words, Yeshua won't come. You, you won't see him until somebody, somewhere, will say, Baruch haba B'shem Adonai, which is a prayer. One of our songs, actually. So, I have a few questions. Who do you think will cry out those words? According to the text of the Bible, text of the Major 23, the Jewish people. Who is he who comes in the name of the Lord? Yeshua. The Messiah, Yeshua. And what, happened will, what will happen then? They will see me. Salvation is, uh, uh, salvation, Yeshua is salvation, is coming from the Lord. It will be the second coming of Yeshua, our Lord. And question number five. And in the meantime, what must we be doing? It is our task and mission, our assignment from the Lord to bring the Jewish people to faith in Yeshua. Amen. Each of us is a bearer of God's glory and a part of the tabernacle of David. Think about you. You're not just you know, somebody who lives in Jacksonville. In the spiritual realm, in the spiritual truth, you are part of the tabernacle of David. Everyone is essential to the Lord and loved by Him. Remember that by serving God in your place faithfully and with a grateful heart, you build up His tabernacle and bring the coming of our Messiah closer. Such a privilege for us. So, uh, I have very important and beautiful prophecy from the book of Jeremiah I mean, one of the, one of the richest messianic prophecies. And I'm really ready to share it with you, but I will do it next time. <laughs> so let us stand together and let us uh, close our service with a prayer. for your time. Thank you for these moments in our lives. Cantor Derek, please.
1: I was thinking, okay, where is Cantor Derek?
0: Drank too much water. <laughs> but nonetheless, I truly pray that as you are gathered and you hold your Mishpah your mishpacha close to you, that these words truly bless you, and they remind you that the Lord loves you and is keeping you, and He is preserving you for such a time as this. Amen? Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace.